Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles. Really glad you've joined us for this episode. It's an opportunity to take some time to look back at last week's text and bring out some further observation, additional application, some uh, more insight. And so today on Tuesday, March 22nd, we're going to do that specifically in regards to the text we looked at last Sunday. Uh, we did finish out 1 Peter chapter 1. We looked specifically at verses 22 through 25. And I want to take a moment and just have you notice a larger observation about the first chapter. Um, it's, a, it's amazing to me how often Peter is tying so much of our current situation and what we should feel and how we should think and the way we should conduct ourselves, how much um, he's tying every bit of that back to our salvation. Now, I told you in the early beginnings of this book when I introduced it that much of the discussion between chapter 1, oh, about verse 3, uh, even really verses 1 and 2, all the way through chapter 2, let's say around 9, 10-ish, uh, really deals with our secure position. Peter does really uh, put a laser-like focus on this work of God on our behalf in salvation. But let me just pointedly show you how he does that just briefly, because it just is so clear to me that he's using salvation as the central foundation for every bit of the believer's life. Like, for instance, last week, just a few days ago, we saw that he encourages us to love one another earnestly. But look how verse 23 begins, since you have been born again. He's referencing uh, this moment of salvation, this regeneration, this work of God on our behalf, this thing that God has caused us to be born again. Verse 3, as the reason, the fuel, the foundation, the motivation, the, the reason that, that we can love each other. He does this as well in the previous verses when he talks about how we're to conduct ourselves with fear. The next verse says this, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. And he goes into a lengthy discussion about how we've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, who is a lamb without blemish and spot. He does this even prior to those verses when he calls upon us to, uh, to be holy and to be uh, the kind of people who set our minds fully on the grace that will come at Christ's revelation. He introduces all that with the word therefore, which comes after several verses about this salvation the prophets desired to look into, how the angels longed to look into it. I mean, so much of 1 Peter 1 is really uh, Peter calling for us to have our minds engaged and to have lives that are holy because of all that Christ has done for us and because of Christ coming for us. And how this fearful conduct that we're to have is based upon the fact that we've been redeemed by Christ and that as we love one another, this is possible because we've been born again by God. And so I, I trust you see this all the way through the first chapter. Peter really reminds us that we have one strong and sure foundation, and it is the amazing, incredible work of God in providing and bringing salvation to us. And this is why we really um, see that verse 3 matters so much when he says, He has caused us to be born again. 
mean, God's work in saving a people unto himself, God's ownership of this whole salvation process is truly the central foundation for every part of the believer's life. Now, finally today, let me just show you what he says about this incredible work of salvation. He says in the last part of, oh, I think it is about verse 22 and 23, he says this occurs uh, through the living and abiding Word of God. So it's one of these phrases that gives us insight into how does God save people and how are people born again and, and what is it that, that regenerates and causes a person to uh, become a child of God. Here he says this happens through the living and abiding Word of God. And so when we think about Peter's phrase, he reminds us of, of Paul's phrase in Romans 10 when he says that, that uh, the faith comes through hearing and hearing comes through a word about Christ. And so there's some real um, um, intersecting thoughts here, some common words in language. Paul says faith comes, or we could even say salvation. In other words, God's work of regeneration and, and saving people starts when they hear the word about Christ. That's how it begins. Peter here says that no one's brought into the family of God. No one's born again. No one is saved unless it's through the living and abiding word of God. So there's this word of God. There's this word of Christ. They are indispensable when it comes to God saving people. They're instrumental when we look at the work of salvation, the word of God, the word of Christ. I think they're very synonymous. I think they're speaking and referencing the same thing. And so it, it really makes, uh, it makes uh, this point crystal clear that there is not a single genuinely saved person who, was, um, who, who um, did not experience salvation were it not for God's word about Christ. In other words, no one is saved apart from that word or without that word. There's not someone out there who just happened upon, you know, some type of work in creation and thought, well, I guess I believe there's a God and so I'm saved. Salvation is inextricably tied to the work of Christ on our behalf. And of course, the faith that it, uh, a faith in that work of Christ. And that is what saves. That's where faith is birthed. That's how we are born again, through the Word of Christ, through the Word of God, which is about Christ. And so keep this in mind. Every genuinely saved person is saved precisely because of God's Word about Christ. In some fashion or form, there was a moment in which someone took their stand upon actual, what we would call, gospel content. Again, Paul would bring this to the surface in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says that he delivered unto them this uh, news of first importance that Christ died, was buried, and rose again and ascended. And he said, it is this news that matters most, and it is this news upon which you have taken your stand and are being saved. There's that word salvation. And so from 1 Corinthians 15... 1 Peter 1, Romans 10, we understand that there is actual gospel contact, excuse me, there is actual gospel content to which someone must come in contact with. And in that uh, contact, 
That's how and through, um, that's the means, that's when God saves people. It's through the word about Christ. And so again, these are just, in some sense, they're elementary principles, but they are so doctrinally important because holding on to these truths enables us not to be fuzzy about salvation. These uh, points of, uh, these benchmarks, these points of, of um, a principle, they help us establish really a concrete understanding to the best of our ability about when and how and through what God saves people. It is through a word about Christ. It's through the message of the gospel. And so we want to continue to be very gospel-centered, um, have gospel clarity, never to assume that it's just known because sometimes then it gets kind of fuzzy, uh, then it becomes loose, uh, almost fluid in a way that folks say, well, I, I heard this and thought it meant the same thing, or I believe this general idea. No, there's actual specific gospel content. It's the word about Christ. It's the living and abiding word of God that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That he came, he lived, he died, was buried, and rose again and ascended. And that Jesus was the Christ, the promised one of the Old Testament. And only in Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, can any man or woman truly find forgiveness for their sin. There's actual gospel content that must uh, be brought into contact with people. And the moment those two things contact each other, the, the human uh, person and the word of God, the word of Christ. And then there's repentance and faith on the part of the person to believe the truth from God. Man, regeneration, salvation, conversion, it occurs. And that's when someone is born again. Truly, as Peter said in, in Acts 4, I think it is, there is no other name given under heaven among men, by which we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus Christ, and there is specific, actual, historical, truthful content about Him that matters. It's this Word of Christ. It's this Word of God that actually lives and abides forever and saves all who believe. We thank the Lord for His Word. We thank the Lord for His Son, uh, Jesus, and we put our hope and confidence in Him as the only way we can be saved. Well, I hope this has been helpful today. hope this has kind of unpacked just a little bit about this living and abiding Word of God. It is crucial to anyone being born again, which is crucial to anyone loving other people uh, with love from a pure heart. All of it ties together. And again, Peter showcases so well in his first chapter how every bit of our Christian life is built upon the central foundation of this gift of God called salvation. Well, have a great rest of your week. I look forward to seeing many of you this weekend. If not, I'll talk to you next week on the Extra Point Podcast. <music>